farmers, ranchers, and homesteaders. Get ready to learn the skills needed to grow your direct-to-consumer farm brands and keep more of your profits on the farm. This is the Direct Farm Marketing Podcast. Here is your host, Mike Parker. Welcome back to the Direct Farm Marketing Podcast. We're really excited about this episode with Elizabeth Thomas of Thomas Cattle Co. I've got our co-host and client success manager, Amanda Berkey, with us. Now, Amanda shared Thomas Cattle Co.'s Instagram with me. They're actually close by to her in Idaho. She'd been following Elizabeth and Thomas Cattle Co. for quite a while and really excited and thankful that she, you know, kind of put us on and pointed us in the direction of Thomas Cattle Co. so we could have this episode and bring it to you guys. Now, a couple of things before we jump in. If you guys would, remember to rate and review this podcast. It really helps us get it out there, get the algorithm pushing it to others and farmers and ranchers that can benefit from the content we're talking about today. Then I also wanted to let you guys know that we have a free ebook out. It's called The Pre-Sold Season, and it's a guide to help you pre-sale your offerings or your harvest, whether that's whole and half beef deposits, pork shares, even CSA signups for the 2024 season. So if you haven't gotten yourself a copy of that, it's in the show notes. Go ahead and grab yourself a free copy of it, and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode with Elizabeth Thomas. All right, guys, welcome to the Direct Farm Marketing Podcast. And today we've got Elizabeth Thomas joining us. We've got Amanda, my co-host, and we're going to be talking all things ranch life. We're going to be diving into actually what brought Elizabeth to the podcast. Or the reason I reached out was a reel that she had posted. Um, I'm pulling it up here. I believe last time I looked, it had 3 million views. Um, and the title here, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it off. It was Unpopular Opinion. Buy logo gear and beef from an actual real life ranch, not Yellowstone. Hollywood doesn't need your support. Ranchers do. So obviously, I think you struck a chord there, Elizabeth. Uh, we'll dive into that. I want to hear a little bit about your background, what you guys got going on at Thomas Cattle. But uh, again, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me and can't wait to chat with you. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit, like I said, um, you know, that real kind of um, introduced me to you. I've been checking out your stuff. It's beautiful. You've got a lot of really great things going on. Um, obviously from a marketing and brand standpoint, um, looks like, you know, from a community standpoint, product standpoint, you're getting a lot of traction. There's a lot of people that are resonating with what you're putting out there, but tell me a little bit just about your personal background, how you got into this and the background of Thomas Calico and kind of fill us in there if you would. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in Montana um, in a ranching community, but I did not ranch until I married my husband. Um, and ranch is a loose term for me. I'm not actively involved in the day-to-day. -day. Um, on the weekends, I help out. But um, So I didn't really know anything about ranching until I ended up um, meeting my husband. We both played college basketball. We met through a mutual coach. And so I always joke that the last 15 years has been a steep learning curve of ranching and living in the middle of nowhere. I was going to live in the big city, and now I live in a town that has about eight houses. So, um, you know, the things that I had planned for life and where I've landed are two very different stories, but I'm glad that it's happened the way that it did. Um, so when I met my husband, we live about 45 minutes from the two towns essentially in the opposite direction. So I just started looking for jobs that um, I could drive to the shortest amount possible from the ranch every day when we were getting married. And I ended up starting working at a local credit union and they hired me as their first AVP of marketing. 
Um, I was two years out of college and I ended up spending 15 years there and was promoted to VP of marketing development through my career there. And that's really my passion. And, you know, the, what I love the most about uh, what we're doing is the marketing aspect of it. And so about, let's see, last September, I made the difficult choice to leave. I was doing the beef full time and my VP job full time. And it just became where there was no more space for me to successfully be a mom and do both jobs well. So I jumped off the, the edge and jumped into the beef full time. So um, it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, I've loved every minute of it and it just keeps getting better and better. And I think, you know, coming from the more corporate world of banking and all the red tape, I really love our small business where we can just make decisions and move on them quickly and get them done to support our community or to grow our business. And so it's just been a wild ride the last three years, but, um, you know, it continues to, to grow and do well and uh, people respond well to um, what we have to offer. And I think for me, it's, you know, my husband and brother-in-law, they've ranched their whole lives. And so that's all they know is raising quality mm -hmm. cattle. And I think a lot of people, you know, have had experiences with buying a beef share or buying some meat that they didn't really, you know, it wasn't someone's full-time job per se, or they had a negative experience. And for us, the customer experience is really an important piece for us, but we know that we have a quality brand and product behind what we're marketing and selling. Um, you know, we always have sold commercially and we still sell commercially. It's the largest part of our operation still, you know, trying to chip away at that on the direct consumer beef side. But um, yeah. we know there's that quality product behind what we're selling. And that, you know, of course, when people come back again and again to have your product because of the quality of it, that makes your marketing job a lot easier. So, you know, I tell our team, it's our job to get people to try it the first time. And once they do the product, they take care of the rest. So it's been a wild journey, but um, one I wouldn't trade for anything, and um, it's just been really fun so far. That's wonderful, Elizabeth. So you do such a wonderful job of illustrating that through your content creation. You know, you're local to me, so I've been following you personally for a long time, um, and you know, I shared your account with with Mike, um, and so it's it's really awesome to see the way that you bring that um, through your content creation, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you share your story so beautifully. Um, so tell us a little bit about that viral reel that you posted. Sure. So I get in my head a lot about, you know, reels and social media. And, you know, it's like, once this one went viral, I caught myself being like, okay, what's the next thing I need to create? And I think I've really gone back to telling myself, like, just continue to tell our story. And I think the people that have the most luck on social media is ones that are authentic to who their brand is, who their family is, where their product is. So I always think these things in my head and, you know, I'd be walking through the store and I would see Yellowstone cologne and then I'd see Yellowstone coffee. And I'm like, yeah. man, I wish I had a multi-million dollar budget to put the Thomas Cattle logo on everything that is a consumer product. And so I told our, our marketing manager, I said, I'm going to make this real. I said, I don't really know if anyone's going to, you know, but I always think this when I'm in the store. So I'm just going to put it out there. And it just blew up. Like you said, I think it has over 3 million views. I think it's 
our most shared ever, most viewed ever. And, you know, they always say it's the ones that you don't think are going to do well that end up, you know, sharing your story with the world. I think we've added 13,000 new followers in the process. Um, you know, and I think to me, it's really not about the number of followers. It's about the quality and finding the people that resonate with your brand and your product. Um, but I do think it helps, you know, share the story with more of the world that maybe doesn't have an opportunity to experience agriculture. And that's truly when, when I build content, I try and share the things that most people don't know go into raising cattle or go into what a day in the life of a cowboy looks like. So, um, yeah, it's been very interesting to watch and um, just see it grow. But, yeah, it was kind of one of those things that was like, oh, I've been thinking this in my head. I wonder if anyone else feels the same. And apparently people do. <laughs> yeah, you definitely sparked some interest and reactions there, didn't you? <laughs> right. Yeah, and it was, you know, they always say good content is going to have lovers and haters. Um, and so, of course, that came out. It was all pretty positive, but, you know, a lot of people complaining about what it's done to the state of Montana and just land prices from the show being filmed there. And, you know, like I said in the reel, it's I don't have anything against Yellowstone. I just hope if people have the option that they would choose to support a local rancher or farmer in their area and wear their sweatshirt or buy their beef if they had an option. So um, mm -hmm. it's been, you know, fun to watch and interesting just I'm, I'm kind of a student of the data and just watch the trends um, and see, you know, what has come about from it. But um, it's definitely been a wild ride. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, you said a couple things I want to touch on, you know, just for the listeners, because I talk a lot um, with our clients about brand and branding. And I think, you know, people that maybe don't have that marketing background, they hear brand and branding and they think logo, they think colors, they think website, and all these things. Um, and I really push people that that brand, is, it's your story and it's those connections that people have with what you're putting out there, right? Mm -hmm. You've mentioned you're a mom, you're living the ranch life, you've got all these things going on. And then you, you had this moment where you shared something that you were authentically thinking and people resonated with it. And that's what's drawing people in to your brand and what you're building at Thomas Cattle. And I think, like Amanda mentioned, you do such a good job uh, putting that out there, obviously with your captions and just your content and just sharing your story. Um, but ultimately, you're putting it around your brand and you're putting things out there. You're sharing life. You're sharing, you know, raising a family and you're sharing these things and that's drawing people in. And then the most important thing is like you mentioned, like, yeah, a reel went viral and that's awesome, but it converted into sales and real followers that are interested in it is what you're doing. It's not just some reel that, you know, was kind of like a clickbait thing just to get kind of the vanity metrics that, you know, yeah. don't convert into sales. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds funny, but, I never had the thought that people would come buy gear from posting that. <laughs> and I think my daughter who's 12 and I spent two days straight filling gear orders of so many people. I think it was like 43 states we shipped to. And to me, it's like, I just got goosebumps saying that because people can vote with their dollars. And when they can choose a small local farm to support that, when you get your order, it was me and my 12 year old daughter that filled it. It wasn't some drop shipping location of someone in another country that's filling it and getting it for you. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about what we're doing and what we're growing is our direct connection to our community that we serve, whether we ship our beef to them or if they're in the Treasure Valley locally to us, 
Like that is so cool to me to get to talk to people that are serving our beef to their family. And that really is what I try and showcase is that we have that connection. If they have a question, they can come and ask me. Obviously, as we grow, it's, you know, going to be more challenging, you know, as we have more customers. But I really think that matters to people and is becoming more important. And I, you know, as far as branding and marketing goes, it, you know, I think it is really important. And I'm fortunate to have that background. And I think a lot of small producers don't have that and so they don't know the right steps to take or they they feel it's an uncomfortable area for them you know for me like marketing is my passion and i love it and i would do it all day long and i'm not as comfortable on the operation side or you know making sure our financial reporting is where we need it to be and that's the stuff that i'm not as comfortable in where someone else might be an expert there and less comfortable in the marketing so i think through this whole journey i've really learned most is that um, there's going to be things I'm uncomfortable with, but I have to keep trying them and doing them again and again so that I become more well-rounded as a business owner, as a leader for our team and for our customers. But, um, you know, I think your brand is something that's so personal, um, especially in a, fall, a small family operation. And as you grow and it takes a lot of people to make it happen. And I really try and share on our content, like, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. I am scared some days. I am having a hard time balancing motherhood some days. You know, like right now is like when I was in banking, December was like the quietest month that existed. And now December is just insane (laughs) because of trying to get everything shipped out. And so it's trying to get better for myself and for my family and our business and balancing that because it is hard when you live on the ranch, you work on the ranch, you ship beef from the ranch. Um, it can all become pretty intertwined if you're not careful. So that's, you know, I like to share the story of like, I'm not perfect. I'm trying to do the best that I can and appreciate people that are along for the ride to see the struggles and the successes that we experience. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really so neat. There's several things you said that I wanted to kind of touch back on and I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. Sure. You mentioned packing all those orders with your, your 12 year old daughter and, you know, had given you goosebumps because you had all these people supporting local, buying local. And, and I was getting goosebumps listening to it, but for a different reason. Um, mm-hmm. I have two daughters my, myself and they're younger, they're four and two. Um, but the idea of, you know, being involved in a family operation, that's something that is, you know, I'm really passionate about. I, I enjoy marketing and business as well. Um, and just having them involved in the the things they're learning. I mean, the, not only just living on a ranch, but also, you know, packaging orders, you know, side by side with mom from people that are supporting you all across the country. And just the takeaways you've seen as a mom in living in that family business, family ranch. I would love to hear hear a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're sometimes voluntold. They're not <laughs> always willing participants. Um, but, you know, I think especially since I left the credit union and come full-time onto the ranch, it's, you know, we remind our kids, like our customers are supporting us and the life that we live. Like when we took our kids to Disneyland last January, it's like because of the work that we do on the ranch and the beef that we sell, that's what's paying for this trip for us to yeah. have a family yeah. trip every year. And so I try and talk about those things, you know, when they don't want to participate or they're like, oh, I just got done doing my ranch chores. Now I got to yeah, fill orders, yeah. you know, um, and we're fortunate we've grown enough that we do have um, some fulfillment people that help. But I do think growing up on a ranch or growing up on a farm for kids is um, 
a skill set that is going to be so valuable to them throughout life. And maybe they don't recognize that until later in life. Um, I think it's becoming harder and harder to find people that truly want to work and are passionate about work and care about the work that they do. And I think there's so many like that in agriculture, and that's the community that I love to be a part of. Um, but I think it is teaching them lessons that they don't quite yet recognize that when they look back, they'll appreciate it. Um, you know, I grew up, my dad had a construction business and it was family Sunday time together was going to work on one of dad's construction sites. I remember one of our stories we had was, you know, we, my dad was building like a huge outbuilding and we had to level all these humongous bolts. And like, I think by the end we were all screaming at each other, like just like over the job. But my parents like, well, we're going to pay you guys in pizza and we got to go eat at pizza. We're ecstatic. And it's like, wait, I think we just got paid five cents per hour for that job. But it is, you look back and, you know, at the moment you don't appreciate it, but the work ethic that is instilled, seeing that from your parents and participating in it as a younger kid is really important, I feel. Yeah, that's such a beautiful thing to teach your children. It really is. Yep. Yeah, as a parent, that's 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 super neat. I love the communication you talked about, you know, with them because I, I do it with my girls too. You know, it's funny. We I told you we do pastured chicken and pastured pork, and we do some do some pastured layers as well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have customers do farm pickup all the time, and right. you know, our, they know the girls know like we got customers coming. You know, we got to get the, we got to get orders ready and stuff. So that's great. Um, I just noticed, and I apologize for this. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share because we've we've kind of gone we've we've jumped all over, but I wanted you sure. to be able to share with us. Um, you know, that Instagram handle is Thomas Cattle Company, and then also your website and then and share with us too anything that from a merchandise standpoint you got that's going on. I know I saw those hats that are awesome. And I want to get I'm gonna order myself a hat. I went to buy one after your video and they were sold out. So you let us know when they're back in stock. Okay, Elizabeth. Yep, they are reordered, so we'll hopefully get them back in soon. Those went quickly. Um, yeah, we sold out of most of our gear, so which is a good problem to have. But yes. yeah, our handle is Thomas Cattle Company, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Um, and then our website is just thomascattlecompany.com. We ship um, across the 48 lower states. Um, in Idaho, of course, we do free local pickup and home deliveries, um, but we do ship our product every week. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to, um, you know, we, we dive, dove into a little family stuff and um, talking about that ranch life, which I, I, I want to hear more about, but I, I do want to kind of dive into a little bit. I know you said your husband and I, I believe his family um, had, it was, was raising cattle for a while um, and they were, they were selling commercially. Mm-hmm. And what was that transition like for you guys? Cause I, I deal with a lot of our clients, a lot of listeners that are either, you know, they've transitioned recently or they're looking to transition um, into start selling direct. And what, what was that journey like for you guys? Yeah. So um, my father-in-law and brother-in-law and husband have sold commercially. Um, they moved from Washington to Idaho in 1996 and brought the ranching operation over and have lived here since then and you know I think for us um, one of the things that we're you know trying to have foresight on and think about the future for our children is how do we create diversification for our operation so that when one portion of the market is down another one is up and vice versa and so you know knowing um, the consistency and quality that our product had and you know we sell through our commercial operation through Western video market and in the auction every year. And we typically are towards the top 
every single year because those buyers know that they're going to get a consistent product year in and year out and they're going to perform how they they want them to and so we knew we had a, a great product of course and we started getting questions from family and friends like hey can we buy a beef share can we you know and i'm i'm kind of a risk averse person my husband is the opposite like you know he'd come home and be like oh we own 200 new cows i'm like whoa okay let's you know we're gonna figure it out and i'm like let's put all the analytics together let's think about it for six months then yeah. maybe we decide to make it <laughs> and um yeah. so it's it's an interesting dichotomy but we balance each other well um and so you know we finally just said like let's just try it and see if we can create an opportunity to really from birth to butcher maintain control of the animal we know we have a good product we know i had a marketing background that was something that we felt was going to be hugely beneficial and it can create diversification for our operation you know i think it varies by state but for us unfortunately something we have to battle is you know having lawyers and consultants on retainer year round to maintain what we have in our grazing ground and that's expensive. And so we are looking for any and all opportunity to continue to protect and support what we have so that we can maintain our operation and not, you know, lose it due to things outside of our control. Um, and so we felt like direct consumer was an area that we could have success and had a capability of herd size to grow. And so about three years ago, I think we launched our website in October of 2020, just before, okay. uh, right before COVID, yeah. I think. Um, and then, um, so we've had our website for about three years. And we started, you know, someone on the real Yellowstone Reel posted, like, you can't, you can't just start small. And I told him, I totally disagree. I said, the benefit of direct consumers, you can start with just two animals and grow from yep. there. And I think, you know, if it's something that people are considering, start small and grow it doesn't have to be you know 10 head and you're sitting on all this inventory the more you can move it the more quickly you cannot be sitting on that product the better off you're going to be so you know we started just harvesting three head every three months three years ago and it's really you know something that we wanted to figure out how to balance the carcass because of course everyone's going to want the steaks who's going to take yeah. the roast and the ground beef that comes along with it um, so we've had to really try and find some ways to, you know, utilize the whole carcass. But I do think that as we've grown, I always love to see new people moving in this direction because it does give you so much control over the future of your operation. You're not dependent upon the markets. You're not dependent upon that one paycheck per year. And it doesn't have to be your whole operation. I mean, our beef is probably less than 5% of our total operation, but it, you know, we actually know the end customer. We get to have relationships and build those relationships with them. And that's the part that fills my heart. Um, you know, I think when writing my captions and stuff on social media, a lot of it is very personal from my viewpoint because I am so passionate and I do love getting to connect with our customers. And so that's the part that I, I love so much alongside knowing that they're serving our beef at their dinner table. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, you know, kind of been a process for us. We also have a wholesale um, program that we sell in Portland, Seattle, Boise, and Salt Lake. That one's a little more 
chaotic and interesting each day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been fun to see it grow. And I think the benefit is you can start small and grow from where you are with what you have. It doesn't have to be fancy from the beginning. It doesn't have to be 10 head at the beginning. You can start small and grow. That's how we did it. That's wonderful. Yeah, your authenticity yeah. definitely shows through through your content, you know, the way that you share your story. It's it's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate you talking about you know, starting um starting small. I mean, we um I'm not doing the farming full time actually and partnered with my brother and sister in law and my sister in law is a pediatric occupational therapist. Okay. And so she does actually a lot of therapy on the farm and we do some farm tours and farm visits and farm dinners. And that's that's more of the focus for for us and our farm than the mm-hmm. than the production side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do this full time as well. So um but we started with fifty chicks, you know, and we're we're able to sell them, you know, actually and I talked about I talk about this in, you know, with a a lot of my marketing content is kind of, I use this example, but we were able to find some Facebook groups locally that we were able to sell out to. Mm-hmm. So we, we did it without any marketing, real marketing infrastructure to start right. and was able to sell out, grow our product and grow. And then, you know, scale to the point where we're, you know, raising a couple thousand chickens and selling them. And, you know, we did, you know, a few different batches of hogs last year, direct to consumer as well. So I, I, I appreciate that, especially, you know, when you're, when you're on Instagram and you see a ranch and you see the big Idaho views, you know, and it, and it can feel unattainable. Right. Um, but I see people, I see people starting this every day um, with what they have and the demands out there um, and you can grow and, you know, it, it takes time, but it is well worth it. And I love that you talked about that diversification. Uh, we I work with all kinds of farmers with different backgrounds, um, you know, different infrastructure they have currently from zero, you know, to where they're leasing land and right. all the way to, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation on a commercial operation. Right. And then for them to be able to, like you said, diversify, I think it makes the whole system, you know, stronger, uh, financially more resilient to, like you said, markets going up. I mean, we've had the, you know, cattle prices have been so high and that's been so good. And you get people, ah, oh, they want to sell, you know, they want to sell all their stuff. And then that market's going to, you know, it's going to find that equilibrium. And then, you know, if you, if you've got beef, you're also selling, you're able to kind of grow. I think when you look to future generations, you know, I think we all feel that momentum now that's happening mm-hmm. um, with people wanting that local food. And I, and I hope and pray that continues, right. And just only continues to grow personally, I think for, you know, for several reasons, right. That we can sit here and talk about. But the big thing is when you look at a future generations taking over an operation, right. I mean, that's what our goal as farmers all is. We all desire to pass this along and we want to pass them along an operation that is resilient, that has diversification. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I love that you touch on that, that I think that's super valuable. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we hear a lot about, at least in Idaho, you know, and the challenges I've talked about previously is that, you know, ranchers not caring for their land or taking advantage and, you know, nothing could be further from the truth because like you said, that is our goal is to pass down our operation to our children whether they end up wanting to do that or not, um, you know, is up to them. And we're hopeful that that will be the case. But as with most ranchers, we want to give something better than we found it. And, you know, we work with many different organizations to work on wildlife enhancement and different projects to improve the land that we operate on. So it can cohabitate with cattle. And, you know, I think almost every rancher I've met is doing something similar because they do want to hand down something better than they found it to their children. 
And so, you know, I can't think of better stewards of our land than ranchers and farmers that really are doing it for future generations because it's the right thing to do. So, um, you know, it becomes more complex each year, I feel, with what is required of farmers and ranchers and really having to be business people um, first, you know, and that's not everyone's forte, but it is becoming more and more important to maintain what we have and to continue to find success. That's all that, that gave me goosebumps right there when you when when you said, you know, the most valuable thing to the land is that farmer or rancher who's looking to pass it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I deal with client, you know, we personally follow what we'd call like regenerative practices on yeah. our farm. You know, um, I've got farmers that do farmers that don't. I've got farm, you know, and we're, we're all across the board. Um, and, and I don't I'm very sensitive to the fact to not sit there and pick out say, oh, you're bad because you're not doing this or you're not doing that or you're not grazing this way or grazing that way. And there's a lot of that that seems to be kind of yeah. in the industry, especially on social media. Yeah. Um, it kind of, I think, yeah. is, the, is the roots of a lot of that. Um, but I, I, I love the way you said that because the, the farmer or rancher who is looking to pass this on, they're looking to, you know, manage it, raise it, cultivate it um, so that it is sustainable for the next generation. At the end of the day, you know, doing the best they can with that so that that operates, that land can continue to produce, that animals can continue to graze. Right. They're not, you know, just depleting it. And that might look different for everyone. I'm not specifically pointing out a specific practice or not. Obviously, I think there are practices that are better than others, but everyone's in a different place. Everyone's on kind of a different journey of of figuring that out for their operation. Um, but I think with the, with the caveat of wanting to pass it on, like that's, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, that's something we've started to implement more and more regenerative practices. And, you know, we partner with many, uh, farmers around the area, graze their cover crop and, you know, they're meeting, um, every year to plan ahead for what's coming and what we're participating with them. And, you know, I think it's, it is doing the right thing because it's better for our cattle. It's better for the ground that we're running on. And so it's beneficial to everyone involved. So, you know, the more we know and the more educated we become, the better we can do. And I think that's what rangers and farmers do um, as a whole. Yeah. And those systems of, you know, you being able to graze cover crops for another farmer, you know, I, I, you know, again, you know, again, personal convictions. I know I'm not, I'm not putting everyone into a box here, but I, I think that's the way farming and ranching communities were years ago. And I hope they continue to move that direction where we're all able to kind of collaborate, have the multi, you know, use on land and be able to, you know, have that, um, that connection between one another and help each other out. I'm sure they obviously are seeing the benefit and they're enjoying having you out there and doing that. Um, so that's super neat. I love that you guys are diving into a bunch of that. Yeah. Um, well, Elizabeth, I know we've covered a bunch today. We've, we've talked you know, over a lot of things. Is there anything that in particular that you'd like to share that I feel like maybe we haven't covered today? Um, I don't think so. I just would encourage anyone that's considering selling direct to consumer or going direct to consumer to take the chance. Um, I did it three years ago and it's you know, so fulfilling and I love every minute of it, even on the hard days. So if there is someone that's considering that, I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, you could get better with each day and it's the best way of life. So I wish anyone considering that luck and I, I'm a resource as well. If anyone has questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. In my opinion, the more people that we have doing this and sharing their story, the more the consumer can be closer to their food source and the better it is for all of us. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here with us today. We really appreciated having you and being able to hear your side of things and your story. And it was just great to have you here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If you would, before we um, before we hop off here, if you would, I know you shared the website again, but if people were wanting to order beef or merchandise, if you'd share that one more time. And then if there's anything new, if you got anything coming up, if you're doing any kind of deposits or, um, you know, for if I don't know if you guys are doing holes and halves or just doing the cuts or any promotion stuff, um, you know, go for it. Sure. Um, our website is thomascattlecompany.com. Um, we ship nationwide every Monday and Tuesday. Um, promotion wise. We have our ranch club opening back up in February, which is very exciting, um, but continuing to grow um, and sell our jerky across our website as well. We're growing that in retail stores. So um, lots of exciting stuff coming in 2024. I saw that. I saw that. I know we're wrapping up, so we, we won't keep long, but the ranch club, um, is this like a, it's like a membership club. So I'm assuming maybe discounts or what, what's the, what, what's the benefit of being in the ranch club? Yeah, they get discounts. They get free shipping codes throughout the year. They get first rights to any of our harder to stock cuts like tri-tip or some of those that aren't, aren't very plentiful. Um, and then they are on a subscription and can pick and choose and adjust as they want. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. It's a, that's a great model. Super cool. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with us today. We really enjoyed it. Um, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope there was some valuable content that you can take away and apply to your specific operation. As I mentioned earlier, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It really helps us out in getting this out there to more farmers and ranchers just like you who can benefit from the conversations that we're having about selling more farm products direct to consumer. I also mentioned earlier that the pre-sold season ebook, it's a free ebook, a free resource that we're offering offering to you guys. It's in the show notes. You can download it. It's going to give you some strategies that we help our clients with in pre-selling their farm offerings, whether that's whole and half beef deposits, pork shares, CSA signups, or anything else that you're producing on the farm. You guys check that out. I think it'll be a great resource for you. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode.